Hey guys, just a quick content warning for this episode. It has more adult themes and coarse language than usual, so it might be best to listen with headphones this week. Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 67, Kyrick began his stay at Magna Tectus. In this episode, Chapter 68, Lumen makes a selfish error, and Tanner forges his own path. Alright, let's dive in. Nida had come to Sebastian with the news. Lumen hadn't made it to her exam. Of course, she never went to class, but one of her conditions of free study was that she had to attend each exam. It was the first one that she had ever missed. You asked for me, Dad? Odak stepped into his father's study. Do you know where your sister is? Vivin and Sebastian regarded the young man seriously. She has an exam right now. She should be done in ten minutes. He checked the golden pocket watch that he was borrowing. She isn't there. Then, I don't know. Sorry. All right. You can go. Before Odax reached the door, he added, You'll want to check the forest. She's probably hunting and lost track of time. She wouldn't. I told her not to go alone. Odax pressed his lips together before replying, This is Lou we're talking about. If Sable is nearby, she'll say she didn't go alone. Do you want help looking for her? No. We'll find her. Kyrick saw the steely determination in the Great Tamer's eyes and offered to help before knowing the task. Seb said he didn't need to bother, he was simply going to hunt down his daughter. If that's all, Kyrick replied, why do you look so worried? The dragons flew ahead and made wide circles over the woods. The forest was massive. Nocte tried to get in touch with Sable, but she wasn't responding. Why is it always her? Seb grumbled as they strode through the woods. Once they reached the massive Sitka Loom intended to visit, they would split up and search thoroughly. Kirik had to walk quickly to keep stride with the taller men. I recall you having a penchant for mischief when you were younger. Never listened to a thing, we said. He still doesn't, Vivin added. Can't teach an old dog new tricks, Kirik teased the young man. Before Seb could retort, Nocte's voice filled his mind. Seb, it's Sable. I managed to contact her. Listen to me, and don't panic. Sebastian stopped dead, and Kirik slammed into his back. Why would I panic, Nock? Sable asked me not to approach, so I can't see for myself. From what she's describing, three men have captured Lumen. A jolt ran down the Great Tamer's spine. He broke into an instant run, and Kyrick and Vivin followed hot on his heels. Which way? Keep heading south. Sable is flying overhead of Lumen. She's worried my presence will scare the bandits, and they'll... they'll harm Lou. Is she okay right now? Seb leapt over a fallen tree. Is she hurt? I'll ask. Nocte flew high over the trees, hiding in the low clouds of the overcast sky. Seb, what's going on? Vivin wasn't too far behind the Regent King. Kyrick was further, but within earshot. 
He told them what he knew, and Nocte was able to confirm that Lumen was uninjured. It took 20 minutes of hard running, Kyrick hadn't exercised so intensely in well over a decade, until Nocte told his tamer to slow down. Sable hasn't told Lou that you're on your way. She doesn't want her to accidentally jeopardize your position. The tamers could hear a distressed roar from a dragon. Seb looked up. Nocte was out of sight. The voluminous gray clouds hit him well. A roar sounded again. It had to be Sable. The foliage and young pines were dense, so the men were searching blind. Why does she keep roaring? Seb asked his dragon anxiously. Her tamer is being held hostage. She's panicking, Seb. Tread lightly. You should be near the clearing. Seb put a finger to his lips, and the tamers moved silently. Millions of fallen pine needles dampened the sound of their steps. They could hear voices. Shut up, will you? A deep voice barked. They could roughly see a few men standing in a clearing. Vivin beckoned them over to a spot, perhaps thirty feet from the clearing. A cluster of short, young jack pines hid the tamers, while giving them a perfect view of the situation. Sebastian stiffened. Kirik and Vivin grabbed him, and Vivin slapped a hand over the regent's mouth. Lumen was being held by a bandit. His thick arms pressed her tightly to him. Lumen glared at two other bandits, who were having a deep conversation. The man holding the princess spoke. We should just consider killing her now. He drew an ebony dagger, raising it to her slender neck. Sebastian lunged forward, nearly dragging Kirik and Vivin with him. Seb, stop! Kirik hissed. Make a move now, and he'll slit her throat. Seb struggled vainly. Kirik was pushing him back, and Vivin was behind him, his arms holding him securely. What was that? I heard a twig snap. Of course you heard a twig snap, you twat. It's a fucking forest. The third bandit rolled his eyes. Sable roared overhead. We should do something about her. The bandit wearing a thin, black cloak muttered. She won't do a thing. She can't, unless she wants to burn her tamer alive. The lead bandit folded his arms across his chest. She'll find a way, Lumen snapped. The blade of the dagger was pressed to her throat, and Seb lunged forward again. He strained against Kirik and Vivin. Oh, what he would do to those bandits. Shut her up, for fuck's sake, the lead bandit snarled. The burly men holding Lumen kept the blade at her throat and slipped his other hand over her mouth. Seb choked back a cry of anguish at the same moment Sable roared. To have someone so filthy, so malicious, touch his daughter. She's going to let the other dragons know where we are, the cloaked bandit fretted about Sable. Vivin analyzed their surroundings. On the opposite side of the clearing, the trees were less dense. The area was too small for any of their dragons to land. The tamers could surround the bandits. If he or Kyrick released their hold on Seb, however, the young man wasn't in a rational state of mind. Lumen would be dead before he made it to the clearing. All right, all right, focus. Lord Malum would give us an unfathomably high reward for one of the Aller children. And alive, he can use them. Dead, he can't. A muffled mm -hmm. shout came through the bandit's fingers as he held Lumen. The leader sighed. Just gag her already. I rather enjoy holding her like this. In fact, why not? He slowly lowered his hand with the dagger 
and brushed his fingers against the girl's torso. Lumen's alarm was painted on her paled face. She flinched at his touch. She's just a child, isn't she? Sebastian hauled the tamers forward a full step. His breathing was hard against Vivin's hand. Seb, stop, he whispered hoarsely. It took every ounce of willpower not to run into the clearing and gut each bandit himself. Doesn't matter. Her skin's soft, and she's a pretty little thing. He gripped Lumen's jaw and forced her head back. Such fire in those eyes, he chuckled. Sebastian was ready to draw his dagger and stab Kirk in the thigh to break loose. Suddenly, an arrow whizzed through the trees and stuck Lumen's captor in the back of the head. His dagger dropped to the forest floor, and he toppled over. Lumen instantly grabbed the dagger and threw it at the cloaked bandit. It pierced through his abdomen. As she raced over, someone else burst through the trees, running toward the stunned leader. It was Tanner. He drew his bow and shot the lead bandit in the knee. Lumen didn't bother trying to rip the dagger from the wailing bandit's stomach. She drew his sword and slashed his throat. There was a violent spray of blood from his neck, and he gurgled slumping to the forest floor. Before the lead bandit could react and draw his own sword, Tanner tackled him to the ground and jammed his dagger into the bandit's neck. Both teens stared at the dead bodies in front of them for a brief eternity. Seb shook off Kirik and Vivin and went to take a step forward. Kirik put a hand on the great tamer's chest and whispered, Hold on, Seb. They're safe. Just give them a minute. He narrowed his eyes. Why? Lou, are you all right? Tanner ran over to her and took her face in his hands. Are you hurt? What did they do to you? Did they... did they touch you? There was something in his tone that made Seb pause and heed Kirik. No, I'm, I'm fine. She sounded shaken up. How did you find me? Tanner let go of her and took a step back. I saw you and Sable leave. A roaring dragon isn't hard to find. Thank you. What were you thinking? Why are you out here, all alone? Tanner's demeanor changed completely. Angered. Hurt. Lumen looked away. I, I just... You know, I like my space. Tanner clenched his fists. Your space? He cursed under his breath and snapped. You're the most selfish person I've ever met. If you cared about what anyone else thought, you would have listened to Dad. Sebastian didn't know what he should be more surprised about. Tanner called Fauna mum sometimes, but he had never taken that step with Seb. Not to his face. Tanner was also shouting, nearly vibrating with emotion. So different from the quiet boy they knew. That's not fair, Lemon tried to defend herself. It is Lou. If you had any respect at all, you would have listened. He didn't tell us to stay out of the forest if we're alone because we needed to hear it, he said it for you. And look at what happened. Tanner gestured to the bloody bodies behind him. Do you know what would have happened if I didn't show up? I would have gotten myself out. No, you wouldn't have. Tanner shouted, his voice cracked with emotion. You're not as strong as you think you are. Do you know what they would have done? He asked again, lowering his voice, though speaking hotly. Do you think those men cared that you're a 13-year-old girl? And with your lip, they would have killed you, Lou. Someone would have walked into this clearing and found you. He hesitated, fighting his emotions. He struggled to say, I 
would have walked into this clearing and found you dead. I would have had to carry you back home. Do you have any idea how awful that would have been? He searched her eyes. Do you have any idea how much I... He trailed off and ruffled his coarse brown hair. What? Lumen asked quietly. Forget it. Tanner turned his back to her. You don't give a shit, or you wouldn't have come out here in the first place. Lumen didn't have a reply. She stared at his back, then looked down at her bloodied hands. Tanner whistled sharply. A horse trotted into the clearing, tossing its head in the direction of the nearest dead bandit. Come on. Tanner brought the reins over the mare's head. He glanced back at the regent princess and sighed heavily. He returned to her and took a handkerchief from his pocket. He wiped her bloody palms as she murmured, Are you going to tell him? Tell who? Tanner gently wiped a streak of blood from her neck, despite his rough tone. Dad? Lumen said softly. Sebastian felt his heart pang. Tanner drew his hand back without a reply. She pleaded, If I promise you that I won't come alone again, will you promise not to tell him? You didn't keep your promise to Dad, and you look up to him far more than you look up to me. Why should I trust you? Tanner asked coolly. I, I don't... Lumen's voice wavered, and she tucked a strand of blonde hair behind her ear. I don't want to disappoint him, so please, don't tell. Vivin and Kirik didn't dare steal a glance at the young father. They could only imagine what he was going through, seeing his daughter held hostage, and the way Tanner reacted. Now this. Fine, Tanner muttered. Now come on, I'll give you a lift to the next clearing. Sable can take you home. If anything, that comment looked like it hurt Lumen the most. She mounted the horse without another word. Tanner took the reins and headed back in the direction they came. The next time you choose to do something stupid, remember how much everyone adores you. Consider how crushed we'd be if anything ever happened. They heard Lumen's unsteady, Okay, before the horse disappeared into the trees. Seb waited for the clinking of the horse's hardware to cease before he walked into the clearing. The older men shared a look and followed. Seb stopped next to the bandit who had been holding Lumen. Vivin and Kirk could only imagine what Seb would do to the corpse if they hadn't been there. They silently piled the three bodies into the middle of the clearing and left. Nocte lowered himself until he hovered above the trees and controlled his flamethrower. The corpses burnt rapidly, leaving nothing but the blackest ash. Both of the teens were subdued for the rest of the day, saying they had lost track of time on a long hike. Fauna chastised her daughter for skipping an exam. She wanted to punish her, but Lumen looked dejected enough already. Alice kept giving her partner worried glances. Vivin wished he could tell her right there and then what had happened, but it would have to wait. You still up for training tomorrow? Alice asked, trying to sound upbeat. Lumen smiled faintly. Yeah, of course. Vivin could tell that poor Alice was in full panic mode. Such a lack of enthusiasm for training? Not from their tomboy. She was doing better than the men expected, however. She bantered with her brother in the library after dinner and focused on her homework. She did turn in early, and that was when Sebastian decided to work in his study. 
The overcast sky that day left a starless sky. Even torches and braziers seemed to struggle against the darkness that night. Sebastian had to blink several times for his eyes to adjust to the hall lighting. He sent Vivian off over an hour ago. The regent had too much on his mind, and needed to focus on something productive. He yawned and walked down the corridors with his hands in his pockets. The marble palace was so eerily quiet. As such, it made him jump when he saw someone wandering ahead of him. Lou? He approached his daughter worriedly. Hey, Dad. Working late again? The young teen kept her arms folded across her chest. Even in the pale light, Seb could see that she was tired. Had a report to do. Why are you up so late, Lou? Something on your mind? He didn't want to push her too far. Lumen shrugged, keeping her eyes on the floor. You're not your cheery self. That makes me worried. He cupped her cheek affectionately, and she pressed against his palm. You don't have to worry about me, Dad. She stole a glance up at him. His honey-brown eyes were so warm, even in the cold light. You're my little girl, Lulu. I'm always going to worry about you. I don't know what I'd do if... Seb drew his hand away. If I didn't get to see your face every day. Lumen finally cracked. She tried to fight it, to crush out the tears with her long lashes, but she couldn't. She buried her face in her father's chest and squeezed him tightly. The great tamer could count how many times he had seen her cry on one hand. He led her over to a bench and sat her on his lap. Lumen wrapped her arms around his neck and cried. Seb rubbed her back soothingly. Are you going to tell me what's wrong? He felt Lumen shake her head while she was draped over his shoulder. Okay, then we'll just sit here, Lulu. Sebastian tried to repress any thoughts he had that would make him weep. She was a child the day before, surely. Small enough to carry around on his shoulders. Young enough to want to play regent and sing songs and learn to whistle. Wasn't that only yesterday? When she calmed down, Seb lifted her up and stood tall. Dad, don't. I'm too heavy. No, you're not. He walked down the hall with ease. You'll never be too big or too old for me to carry, Lulu. He regarded her tenderly. I promise. Lumen nestled her face against his neck, and he felt hot tears on his skin. A knock came at the regent's door the following day. Come in. Tanner walked in, and Seb grinned. How many times do I have to tell you? You don't have to knock, Tan. I respect your workspace. He dipped his head. Sebastian and Fauna had been discussing something excitedly. You wanted to see me? Fauna went over to him and took his hands. Her gray eyes brimmed with light. Come and sit. We have something we want to give you. I don't need anything. Tanner sat down in confusion. Even Sebastian looked particularly animated, sitting forward in his chair and watching him closely. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Fauna beamed. We wanted to give you this for so long. She handed him a piece of parchment. Tanner's thick brows knit together, completely mystified. They watched his expression change as he read the parchment, his lips pressed firmly together and blinking rapidly to block out tears. Sebastian spoke up. We're sorry it took so long, Tan. We wanted to confirm it years ago, but with our regency, it made everything all the more difficult. Is... 
is this something that you want? Fauna asked softly, sinking onto the chair next to him. Tanner blinked droplets from his eyes. They blurred the words on the parchment, like Alor, an adoption. But the words were there, all the same. You don't have to, he whispered, taken aback. Oh, sweetheart, we want to. Fauna took his hand and kissed it lovingly. You've been such an important part of our family these past seven years. We want you to know we don't take you for granted. We love you, Tan. Even old, silent oak over there. Fauna nodded her head to her husband. Even, Seb grumbled. Of course I do. Tanner was overwhelmed, but he needed to tell them what he planned to say. I wanted to talk to you two, actually. I think it would have been easier before this. He lifted the parchment. A lot easier. What is it? Fauna asked anxiously. Tanner took a moment. He felt awful discussing it now. I want to leave Imperior to Apprentice. Fauna stared at him in shock. Seb spoke. Apprentice where? As what? I don't know. For either of those questions. But I feel like it's something I have to do. But why? Fauna wondered, looking hurt. Tanner hated to see her so. I just... I've never been good with my studies. I passed the latest exam by the skin of my teeth, and only because Dax and Zay tutored me. But I love working with my hands, tinkering and building, you know? But you could stay in Imperior to do that, Fauna protested, and Tanner shook his head. I think I need some time to be independent, sort myself out. Seb, tell him not to go. Sebastian noted how miserable Tanner looked when he saw how hurt Fauna was. I respect that, Tan. I can talk to Kirk, see if he knows anyone who needs an apprentice. Seb! Fauna exclaimed in betrayal. But, Seb added, I want you to come back for the winter. Otherwise, your family will miss you too much. He motioned to the parchment in Tanner's hands. Let's keep that under wraps until you return, hmm? You'll be safer if no one knows. Tanner bowed his head. I couldn't be more grateful or honored by this. Please don't think I feel any other way. He squeezed Fauna's hand, who looked rather disconsolate. But I need to find my place in the world, and books or dragons isn't it. Alice received permission to take Lumen camping for a few days, just the two of them, no other guards. Sebastian was reluctant to let them go unaccompanied, but he knew Imber and Sable would keep them safe at all costs. Lumen returned to Magna Tectus feeling refreshed. She and Alice had spent their days hunting and training, taking long rides with their dragons and sleeping in late. She smiled when her brother ran over to her. Hey, Odie, how have you- Lou, you've got to talk to Tan. Odax's tone was urgent. He gripped her arms. They were at the bottom of the grand marble staircase leading to the second floor. What? Why? Because he's leaving. Leaving? What are you talking about? Lumen stared at her brother in confusion. Odax kept his voice down as a group of dignitaries strolled past. He's leaving today, with Kyrick. Something about an apprenticeship in Marmor. Lumen rolled her eyes and pushed him away. Your jokes are honestly awful. It's not a joke, Lou. 
Odax grabbed her wrist and locked eyes with her. Tan is packing right now, and he's going to leave as soon as he's done. I've tried talking to him. It has to be you. If you don't say something to him, he's going to be gone. Lumen was dumbstruck. But he wouldn't just leave. Lou. Odax's honey-brown eyes were dead serious. He's leaving any minute. Lumen raced into Tanner's room. The door was left slightly ajar. Everything was neat and tidy. His bed was made, books put away, and his workbench, where he tinkered, was spotless. She ran out again. Sable, find him! The horses squealed in terror as the black feathered dragon landed in front of the stables. Tanner grabbed the stall tie his horse was on. The horse threw back its head and whinnied in panic. Damn it, Lou. You've been told not to bring her here, Tanner shouted as she ran over. The stable master shooed away the dragon with a broom. Sable flicked her tongue in annoyance and lumbered away. Where are you going, Tan? Lumen ignored his warning. The saddlebags were packed. All that was left was to tighten the straps. Tanner was silent and avoided eye contact. He unclipped the rope from the bridle and led the horse by the reins. Tan! Lumen stepped in front of him, nearly getting plowed over. He sighed heavily, clicking his tongue for the horse to move. I'm headed to Marmor to apprentice for a few months. A few months? The young princess repeated in shock. Yeah, six months or so. What? Lumen exclaimed, baffled. Lou, I need to hurry up. Kyrick and Ben are waiting for me out front. Suddenly, his way was blocked by Sable, who growled to startle the horse. Lumen's bright blue eyes were filled with hurt. You were just going to leave without saying goodbye? Tanner stared at the ground. Lumen spoke. You're my brother, and you were going to leave for half a year without a word? Lou. You were. You jerk. Lumen exclaimed and hit his chest. Tanner's ocean blue eyes swirled with melancholy for a moment, so Lumen spoke up. Odie said that he tried to convince you not to go. He said it had to be me. Why me? Why would you listen to me instead? Tanner searched her ringed blue eyes, admired her windswept, golden blonde hair. He gently poked the wrinkle in her brow. I've got to listen to myself right now, girl. But I'll be back. You won't even miss me. He mounted the horse and kicked it into motion. Sable pressed her muzzle into her tamer's chest as Lumen watched him ride off. She circled an arm around her dragon's jaw. I miss him already. Thanks for listening to Chapter 68 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews help more people find the podcast, so it's a huge help. And if you're able to give a DTF an extra hand, please check out the merch and support tabs on the website. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons. <laughs>